Hello and welcome. Today's interview is with Ardith Ash. Ardith was ordained in 1988 and went on to pastor numerous Baptist churches in Nova Scotia. Ardith shares about her experience of coming to faith at the age of 37, the challenges of pastoring after the loss of her husband, and why going to the annual CBAC convention was such a valuable experience. My date of birth was 1937, and that was in Cannon, Nova Scotia. Well, we were sent to Sunday school and often went to church with grandmother in the evenings. Uh, we were a long ways away from the church, about two and a quarter miles, but we would go there every day. But uh, I just remember how much I like to sing. In my heart, there rings a melody of love. <laughs> and that was my favorite thing of going to Sunday school. And then I went to CGIT for a while. And uh, that was a good experience as well. And then I, uh, when I got married, I didn't go anywhere. But, but uh, when my children got big enough, I thought they should go to Sunday school. So that's all the connection I had with the church. My my sister, my older sister, was baptized when we were in Canning, but I wasn't. Anyway, uh, I sent my girls into the, they were at the Sunday school and the, the closing program, and uh, they both had new long dresses because they had just been in a wedding. And the minister, Hardy Borden, asked who they were. So he came down and told me what a good job they did. Then they said about them getting baptized. And I said, uh, okay. And uh, he said, uh, well, how about you? And I said, I can't be, be baptized. I'm a sinner. He said, well, well, that's why Jesus died. We're all sinners. And, uh, but it didn't mean anything to me at the time. And I didn't want to ask any questions because I felt a little stupid. <laughs> and so when he went, he said, well, I'll set up some uh, classes for you and the, the daughters to come. And, and he was leaving. He, had, he was here four years and he was leaving in about three weeks. And uh, that's the first time he knew where I lived. I was right behind the church. I said, all right. And he said, in the meantime, read your Bible. I said, all right. And as soon as he left, I ran upstairs to get the Bible to read it. And I said I would. And I, had, I got the great big family Bible, this big. And I opened the page and it said, love thy neighbor as thyself, in big letters. That was impossible for me. I didn't love myself. I knew I was a sinner, right? And so when, he, when I went to church and I tried to hide in the back seat, there was only about a half a dozen there, so it was not easy wasn't easy to hide. <laughs> so on the way out, he said, how about Tuesday night starting the classes? And I said, I'm sorry, I can't come. I said, I'm, I'm a sinner. And I opened the Bible and said, lovely neighbors, myself, and I don't love myself. And uh, I guess he was praying for me, probably. <laughs> and one day, the children went off to vacation Bible school, and I was there. It was a beautiful sunny day, but I was not happy. I was crying inside all the time like about all these things that I knew I did that I shouldn't have done and so on. And uh, I when when I was thinking when I was thinking how sad I was, I was thinking, I have to sign myself in the Nova Scotia hospital, I must be getting crazy. When I thought that thought those words that he said, does it have to be like this, come to Jesus, were came in my mind. 
or I didn't hear them as words, but they were. I heard him saying that he was saying at that moment. I was all alone, so I ran upstairs and knelt by my bed and confessed all my sins to the Lord and asked Him to come into my heart and help me live for Him. And when I picked up the Bible on the, my headboard, then I could understand. And I read and read for about three days. I couldn't. I didn't want to put it down, but if someone come in, I'd hide it behind me. And they were gone, I'd read again. I got baptized. My youngest daughter, Sheila, baptized with me. Uh, that's how I got become to know the Lord. And that was when I was 37 years old. I was in the school working with the, uh, the, in the special education class. I really enjoyed it, loved it, really. But but uh, there's lunchroom where they tell dirty jokes all the time. And, and I just was thought, oh, dear, I, I don't know. I wasn't satisfied. And I, but I loved it there. I loved the kids. So I didn't want to leave, but uh, I had this nagging to go study for the ministry. Uh, first, uh, the one professor at the college, he, he wouldn't give me an opportunity at all. But the, the next fellow did because I had taken some courses. I, after I saved, I wanted to know more and I had taken some courses, score courses from him. It was then, then that I started to want to go there. So I prayed about, about it a lot, and when I didn't have any peace in my heart till I wrote my resignation, and I laid it on the dash of the car for days, and then I was still miserable, so I dropped it in the mailbox. I was fine. I was doing what the Lord wanted me to do. I believed. <laughs> now, that's how I got to be ordained, because other, otherwise, at the time, that I was, uh, when I wanted to go to become a minister, they had a program that if the man was 42, I think it was, he could go into this program to learn to be a minister. He didn't have to go to school and do all that stuff. But they made they made me go to uh, take the same as the young people from the beginning. I wasn't allowed to take what the men were taking. And I had to do the whole thing. They, I took three years to do it, driving back and forth to my home. Here in Black Point, I used to have to leave real early in the morning. Uh, I went to the prison every weekend and, and worked with the prisoners. And uh, that was a really good program. I felt so sorry for those people. And uh, I just felt sorry for them. What a horrible thing to be locked up with that. And uh, I, I really felt once they knew the Lord, they, their life had changed. I enjoyed to go there. So no, none of the women were getting through. They never passed because there was one minister that wouldn't, he would never, he would never uh, uh, let anyone in. When I first started telling him I want to go in the ministry, he really was really rude to me and terrible. Anyway, uh, he was against women in the ministry right up until he died. And uh, he was on the board. And then there was one other fellow that would do what he wanted to do. And then you had to write, you had to type up your call, uh, your experience of coming to know the Lord, to meet the Lord. Then you had to uh, write another paper that uh, to your call to ministry. So I did that. And then all the other stuff that you have to do and to go forward through this board. Uh, there was one woman on the council when I went through. And when I, I got through the board, well, there was only one that didn't vote for me. and But this other guy did. He said, when I read your called the ministry and I read your, uh, your story about being born again. He said, I 
I could not vote for you. So that's how I got through. I was ordained in uh, in Seabright Church. They they came down from Acadia. My husband was sick. I was ordained in September, and he died in December. I had four churches look after, and the family wasn't easy. He was my rock, and he was gone. It was tougher, and there was a, a lot of pressure, a lot of pressure on myself. I had no help at all when my husband died from anybody, but the Lord was very good. I don't know how I did that, but that had to be a gift from God. I saw that, you know, a man has the advantage over a woman because they're in the ministry. They're doing the ministry. She helps them. She looks after all the other things. I was leading four churches, Seabride, Indian Harbor, Westover, Bayside. That was very difficult because nowadays they don't visit very much. But that time they expected you to visit. And I had four villages I had to visit. I was on the road practically all the time. You get a you get a lot of lunches. The first thing you know, you're putting on weight. <laughs> if I, I look back now, and I think I would say to them, "Listen, I'm here and I preach for you, Bible study for you, and I'll marry and bury." But I'm not running out on the road all the time. If I had, my, I wore myself out. That's what I did. But I was always accepted by all the people in the church. There was there was some that would say to me, "When you were called as a woman in ministry, I thought I." I was totally against it, but I, then I'm now for you, and I, and I enjoy it. It was the odd one here and there. It would change their mind for you. I lost my friends. They all thought I had gone crazy, religious crazy, they said. They never got them back, some of them. But some of my family understood after a while. They were pleased with it, but it took them a long time. But, it, but when I look back now, I see how some of my members of my family came to the Lord. So it's a good thing. I think I was four years, four or five years down at Seabright. So, see, I had the mentality at that time that every all the ministers used to move every four years. Now they stay forever. But the, at that time, everybody moved every four years. And I thought I had to, too, I guess. And I went to Cranbrook Island, and that was hard. Well, you're out on an island, you can't get off. One night, my son got burned, and I couldn't even get home to be with him. And to me, I found those things very challenging and very sad. Other than that, I enjoyed it very much. The people were, 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 were kind and good to me. There were a few, you know, there's some of them that I, I didn't know if they knew the Lord or not, but there were some that did, and... Uh, and uh, it was like uh, it was a struggle for me to. I didn't like writing essays, and I had to write that essay every Sunday and sometimes two because they go to, from church to church. And I had two or three services in one Sunday, right? And one Easter, I had the, the Easter service uh, Thursday, Friday, and Sunday. And uh, didn't I have three people die that week? Well, that was really hard, but. The reason I went, I, I felt that they were very comforted by my sermons uh, for for funeral. And people used to remark about my funerals, how much they liked them. And uh, uh, that was the Lord, that the Lord had given me the power to speak, to preach. And uh, when I do, when I go preach, I could feel the spirit of the Lord upon me. It was easy.
I got sick and gave up then. My heart got bad. I was very tired. Well, the doctor told me, said, you have to, because otherwise you, you'll have a stroke. I had many, many strokes, and uh, they were scared I was going to get the big stroke. You listen to your doctor sometimes. I struggle with it, but I was, I was too tired. I should have had one church would have been fine. I look at them today, and they have one church, and they don't visit. I think how lucky they are. And uh, I went to Jen's church a while back. When he started preaching, he just told them right out, I'm not going to visit. I'm going to, this is my gift, preaching. And that's what I'm going to do. And I thought if only I'd have heard that a lot of years ago, that would be helpful. I think it's easier now for women in the, in the ministry because I believe they're accepted more now than they were. They can do anything they want to if our work goes. Or, you know, most everything, they're pretty smart. But uh, they're still women. I believe that uh, there's nothing wrong with it, that uh, they should be allowed to preach. I used to be in Bears Road, and I taught the Sunday school. They used to call me Brother Ash because they never saw any men, women ministers before. But I see now, if it wasn't from the women, I don't think, uh, most of the time it's the women that gets the men to go, actually. And I've, I've, I've known that a lot of women write the sermons for some of the men. You know, I found those things out later. I'll tell you, they, they think that women at that time when I was in, women could be minister, uh, missionaries and go all over the world. That's all right, you know. But the church people are very supportive always, all of them. After I get there and they cheer me and so on, they accept me well. I didn't have time to think about that stuff. The only thing I do, uh, I wish I would have kept, uh, I used to always go to convention every year, never miss it, and go to everything that was going on in the college. And to me, it was just like going home because uh, they were all, all good to be up there. And uh, when I got uh, on the island, it was almost impossible to do that. I didn't get to go as much, and that was very, it helped me to go there. There used to be a thousand people there, over a thousand of us singing with gorgeous, uh, you know, all the people there, all the ministers I knew and professors that I was close to in the school. And, and it just uh, strengthened me, I think, you know. I think it helps to be with people of like precious faith. <laughs> that you, you grow and they grow at the same time. So I miss that a bit out on the island. I mean, uh, like uh, the Lord called me, and I knew it, and I couldn't say no to him. I don't know what I, uh, other people's experience. If they experience the same thing, I know they could not say no to the Lord. You know, you, uh, the Bible says, uh, obey God rather than man, and that's what you have to do. And then you have peace in your heart. You know, you can't, uh, you can't do anything about the past. You have to keep going towards the future. And I made probably made a load of mistakes, but you can't think about that stuff because you you made the right decision at the time you felt it was. But I I, I have no regrets. I, I'm glad I did what the Lord wanted me to do, and I know there's some people that come to the Lord, so I'm happy about that. Without the Lord, I couldn't get on. I wouldn't be able to go on, bond and everything. 
and put up with all the things that go on today. I I uh, I feel the Lord has given me the strength to do that. I was a sickly person, and yet here I am, 85, going on 86. So the Lord has given me the strength and uh, given me the finances, and uh, I've managed to support myself and my family. But it's all what happened to me when I said, Lord, come into my heart and help me to live for you. Because I can't do it on my own. Uh, that is most important to me. Thank you, Ardith, for sharing your story with the project. If you are enjoying Called to Serve, please take a moment to rate and review our podcast and share the episode with others. You can follow Called to Serve on Facebook and Instagram and learn more about the project at calledtoserve.ca.